Have you ever noticed how we're different and the same and the same and we're different and we're different and the same? All kinds of people, all kinds of people, all kinds of people in the world. Now, on the Talk of Muncie WMUN, All Kinds of People, hosted by Dr. Joe Mashevitz. Getting to know the people of Muncie and Delaware County, Indiana, in a way you've never heard before. It's another way we're using our voice to build our community from Woof Boom Radio and 92.5 FM, 1340 AM, WMUN. Here's your host, Dr. Joe. Hey, 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 everybody. Top of the morning and top of the week. I hope you're all doing well. Listen to all kinds of people on WMUN, the Talk of Muncie, and I am delighted to have what I consider to be one of the most active members of our community in a variety of organizations with us today. Andrew Dale has drifted down to Wolf Boom Studios. Andrew, welcome to the studios at Wolf Boom. Well, thanks for having me, Dr. Joe. I totally appreciate you coming down. Um, before I get into the various chairs, committees, organizations, things you've started, things you've done, how about we rewind the tape and take us back to your hometown? Give me a sense of what the old elementary school was like and then getting all those straight A's in high school and stuff. <laughs> where, where did you develop the interest, do you think, in design and what was the whole family situation like that maybe allowed some creativity to explode back in those days? Well, that's a great question. Well, thank you. Thank so you. Uh, I was born and raised in Muncie. Yep. Uh, just a few blocks from here. Uh, first two years of my life was on Tacoma Avenue on the south side of Muncie. and oh, Right down from the studios. Yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then we moved uh, to the west side of Muncie, very close to the hospital, corner of Cole and Washington Street, okay. uh, which okay. is now the medical education building. But I, I grew up there. I went to Burris Laboratory School. Okay. Went there all 13 years. That, now that includes my kindergarten years. So I, I didn't have to. I didn't have to repeat a year. You didn't have to stay over. It. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Now That's you great. mentioned straight A's. I, I was not a straight A student. <laughs> we I share was, that in common, by the way. So we're we're okay, okay with that. Thank you. Yeah. I never shy, but uh, always a little distracted. And and uh, Burris was a wonderful environment for me, though. And. Um, you know, I was able to participate in a lot of activities. I was giving a, given a lot of opportunities to, to be a part of things and to, to lead some things. I was heavily involved in uh, track and cross country and student government. Um, I mean, the mentor of my life was uh, uh, Tom DeWitt. I don't know if you knew Tom DeWitt, but he was a track coach there. And I know the name very well. Yeah, Thank you. I mean, you know, seminal figure in my life uh, growing up above the shop, literally, in an interior design practice that did all commercial work, healthcare, hospitality, small okay. college type of work. So I, you know, the business was right there. Mom and dad ran the business with a number of designers that we had. And I could walk literally 14 feet, 15 feet from our dinner table into the office and at any given time and, and be among people that were doing, you know, highly creative things. So this was an early work from home situation. Yeah. I mean, we, you I, know, I'm my, just intrigued by that aspect alone that it was there. Yeah. So my, my parents always paid both sides of the tax equation, meaning that, that uh, they were self-employed. Uh, and so I grew up in that environment of a pretty industrious environment. 
the wrench that comes into my family, but also um, an attribute, is I had an older brother. I have, I have one brother lives in Indianapolis now, and and I'm the I'm the young one. But Tom, my older brother, uh, had severe scoliosis, so we were always at the Mayo Clinic in uh, Minnesota. Okay, he had 21 major surgeries. He was ambulatory and functional and active, but he died when he was about 21 of cancer, um, non-related to the scoliosis. But, uh, you know, when you grow up in an environment above the shop where the family is, is having to make do, we, we, we weren't the, the most well-to-do, but, uh, you know, my parents wanted to, wanted to pursue, you know, that line of work. Um, you know, they provided and, and uh, you got through life. And uh, so I, I kind of had a, a good open exposure to what it takes to, to put things on the line and, and try to make it work. Yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. you succeed and sometimes you fail. I'm just kind of fascinated by the fact that that far back, working from home, which has become kind of the new thing, <laughs> was part of the family lifestyle to build a business and do some very creative things. Yeah, I think at the time that was rare. I think today it's not, and and it's not been that way for a long time. But but certainly back, you know, you know, late sixties, early seventies, and going into the eighties, it was fairly uncommon. But now I think it's it's probably very much part of our economy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so Burris says goodbye. Um, you finished your running season. <laughs> now we move on to Vincennes. Yeah, and. Was Vincennes something you selected due to some programs they were offering in particular? Well, I originally thought about going into mortuary science. Really? Um, and I chose not to do that. I went into musical theater at Vincennes. <laughs> now, I have to tell you, I, I I'm did I'm kind of curious on. about this mortuary science in terms well, of creativity and then, yeah. Well, um, I had always been drawn to, and there were instances in my family. My brother died when, I, right, when he was very young. Right, you mentioned that. Uh, and there were some other individuals that our family cared for while they were dying. And I was kind of attracted to um, that space of, of healing and kind of trying to, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, clarify a life and move on. Sure. And, and so that was attractive to me. Far more attractive to me, though, was, uh, was singing. And so <laughs> I went to Vincennes, uh, you know, truthfully, because they take me. I wasn't, again, the best student, although I was class president my senior year at Burris, but uh, not at the top of the list. And Once again, uh, we share both of those things, class I president and yeah. no school really eager to get me. Thank <laughs> you. So, so this is good. This yeah. is good. Uh, <laughs> I went down. I applied for, you know, I, I auditioned for a scholarship, got it on the spot, and uh, came back. And, and to the mortification of my parents, I should say the astonishment of my parents, uh, <laughs> they were like, wow, this kid's got something to, to try to hold on to. And uh, I have to tell you, Joe, I had, although I went on to Ball State, um, Vincennes, I consider my true alma mater. I had a great experience there. I had great relationships. There was a college president there that um, was just uh, as accessible as anybody on campus, uh, Dr. Philip Summers. And I just uh, was highly attracted to the, you know, to the, the education that I got there. Again, not the best student. But progressively getting a little bit better. In yeah, my I understand. No, I can um, easily relate to that. Thank you. <laughs> Especially as progressing, getting just a little better. So that we both graduated, that became <laughs> a pretty key thing. Thank hey, you. Congratulations. So, did you did you give up on the whole running thing from Burris and sports and really focus on music? I did immediately. Um, I had done that. 
uh, I was about as successful as I could be of a high jumper and a 300-meter low hurdler. Uh, the high jump, mainly because of my height, I, I, I could jump about 6'2", uh, which uh, for a 5'5", and a half individual. I always give myself a half. Um, you know, it it was pretty important that uh, I do the best I could, and I, I think I did well, and I was ready to leave that on, <laughs> leave behind. <laughs> okay, so let's take this music from Vincennes. I'm not going to take you to Ball State yet. Okay. And let's go with Up With People. Yeah. Tour promoter, but also um, performer with Up With People. So that had to be an incredible experience. Yeah, the way and and truthfully, I I was a participant in a singer in the group, in between finishing up at Vincennes and going on to Ball State. So okay. this is a, a good place to talk about it. I traveled for one year and up with people. There were about 120 in our cast. Up with people is an international educational cultural program which brings together people from a number of hundreds of countries around the world. So was this overseas as well? Traveling? It was. I traveled extensively in Scandinavia and Northern Europe, uh, Mexico, Canada. Uh, I had the pleasure to uh, sing in the NBC Macy's Day Parade as a, in a duet. Yes. And, and Hal Linden, one of my heroes of Barney Miller, uh, was on right before us. And the night before when we were auditioning, he turned around and said, go get him, kid. <laughs> I, I tell you that, I just melted. But uh, but I had some great experiences ah. from high school gymnasiums to coliseums to all sorts of wonderful venues. And, you know, meeting host families from around the world just enriched my life. Yeah, that had to be an incredible experience. We, we're talking with Andrew Dale, everybody, who's a design consultant, um, we took him through his Burris days into Vincennes. When we come back after this break, we'll jump into Ball State a little bit. But then, Andrew, I want to just hear about that long list of all the different groups that you either chair, direct, assistant chair, and um, making the groups even better for Muncie. So all of you stay tuned as we take this little break. We'll be back with Andrew Dale. WMUN's All Kinds of People with Dr. Joe. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Dr. Joe here. I'm having a delightful chat with Andrew Dale, um, a design consultant. Andrew, when we headed into break, you were touring around with Up With People. Why don't you give us just a little bit more about wrapping all that up and what that experience was really like as you toured around? And did some singing and performing as well. Thank you. Did a lot. Did it had a lot of uh, not the best dancer, but I was a soloist in the group and uh, did a number of solos and duets. So generally each concert, and again had the pleasure to just travel all over the world. Uh, that turned into uh, coming back to Ball State, finishing up at Ball State. But then I went back to work for Up with People. I actually worked for them for a couple of years and toured all over the world, promoting them. Um, and uh, really, it, it was delighted to do that. It's, you know, selling tickets to Bruce Springsteen is one thing, but selling tickets to something called Up With People, uh, you know, to people that don't maybe have never heard of Up With People is exactly. another thing. And, uh, you know, when you can sell out a, a few shows at like an Emmons Auditorium, you do pretty well. And, uh, and it's a great experience for people to, um, you know, participate because not only are people performing, there are host families involved in each city. So these, these students, these from all over the world, are staying in the community, doing some community involvement activities, but but also performing. 
Yeah. And as a tour promoter, did you miss the sinking part? I did a little bit while I was still in uh, promoting, but uh, no, I didn't because uh, I was able to, you know, I knew I would continue that in my life, but there was a time for what I was doing then, and that was, you know, uh, promoting a, something that I felt passionately about. Yeah, yeah, and taking your design skills into promotion to do the proper job of promoting the group. Yeah, there's certainly uh, anything in this life is trans is is uh, relatable, transferable, and and I found that you know how you approach projects is um, is fairly similar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Many of our listeners are familiar with the Schaefer Leadership Academy. I'm quite aware of the fact that you were a co-founder of that. Um, Tisha and Mitch and the group does some incredible work throughout Muncie. What triggered that little interest? Get you away from your music side and to start the Schaefer Leadership Group. Yeah, so I, you know, I at that point I had my family's interior design practice and um, very busy, but but always a space in in, in my time and in, in my heart for the community. And um, the Ball Brothers Foundation brought together a number of individuals um, in uh, early 2007 to talk about what they felt was a vacuum of leadership, of a concern of, of generational leadership being developed. That group, at the end of the day, after months of meeting, dwindled down to a f- literally a few people. Um, Doug Bakken was around the table as he led the Ball Brothers Foundation Good at the time. Good old Mr. Bakken. Yep. Judd Fisher uh, was at the, uh, is and was at the foundation at that time. And Richard Douglas and I um, and a gentleman named Ross Van Ness, among a couple of other people, were left of that composite group. Okay. Um, we developed a curriculum for an eight-week program um, called LEAD, Leadership, Education, and Development. That was the early iteration of, of the Schaefer Leadership Academy. It was called LEAD. Um, and it, mm. it grew over a number of years, as you may know, to a, you know, to a, a just really a remarkable organization. So I'm exceedingly pl- proud of, of the effort that went into that at a time when, when we, when Richard and I, Douglas, when Richard Douglas and I uh, shopped this around town for support, financial support, most people said you can't do this. But the one entity that continued to support us was the Ball Brothers Foundation. And with that, uh, we turned a you know a two hundred fifty thousand dollar investment uh, into a, an incredible not for profit that's fairly self sustaining, uh, which has wide support uh, of both private and public um, and, and philanthropic support uh, to do something seminal, seminally important for our community, which is to develop leadership for generations to come. Yeah, the list of programs that they do, and I've been somewhat active with some of those programs, but. I remember last summer going to their annual meeting and quite self-sufficient. Uh, yeah. They've they've turned the corner without needing very little grant money at all. And it's just wonderful the impact they're having across so many different areas right now. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And led so well by Mitch Isaacs. Yeah. And the team, as you mentioned. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Your time at Ball State, what did you tinker with? Uh, sociology. Okay. Uh, which um, uh, still did, a whole different area again. A well, different area, but uh, it's about groups of people and how uh, the organization and well how the parts fit together. Um, and um, boy, statistics was my bugaboo on that one. I mean, man, <laughs> I took that class like three times, and the, 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 the professor said, "Look, Andrew, this is your third time. If you can just make it through this first half, you of need the class, a calculator." <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I, I kept bringing my abacus in. That was my problem. <laughs> I love when you said sociology, it's about groups, because 
you have chaired or been vice chair, been the director of things like Livestream Services, IU Health, Ball Memorial Hospital Foundation, YMCA. You're now the president of the Masterworks Corral. You're a member of the Whiteley Neighborhood Association. Frank Scott's been on the program before. What triggers that interest in developing and working with groups to provide leadership? Other than obviously concern for people in groups, but that's, yeah. that's a lot of time consumption. It a, is. A lot it of is. creative work goes into doing it. It is. I believe in a life of works, and I believe in, uh, you know, we're, we're fortunate to be here, and while we're here, we do with what we can with what we've got. And I think blending need and passion uh, is the alchemy of, uh, of, uh, of success. And so I try to pursue that. Now, there's times we fail at these things, and there's times that we succeed. I think most often when hearts are right and plans are well-constructed that, uh, you know, things can be achieved. Um, but, uh, you know, Muncie's a hard scrabble place, to be honest with you. It's, it's a tough place with a 30% and above poverty rate. And with that comes um, uh, a lot of concern, but far more opportunity if leveraged in the right way. So I believe in the fulfillment of Muncie's promise, and um, we need to get on that. Yeah, and we're with Andrew Dale, everybody. Andrew, as you say that, do you think there's, um, I don't know if it's a theory or two or a practice or two that you've been able to deploy to some of these groups to make them successful? Is it a matter of the right people coming together? Is it a matter of expressing concern properly? I think that first and foremost, it's recognizing that all parts and pieces, in other words, people of any given from lemonade stands to an organization, everybody has an equal responsibility and an importance what they bring to the table. And I think if you're in a leadership, everyone should be in a leadership role. But when you're helping in a more manageable way, I think that you need to recognize that, you need to listen well, and then you need to act and you need need to be fairly definitive in your planning. But you need to have uh, support of one another. And I don't think you can go anywhere without that. Yeah, and mm. and carry out those plans once they're nailed down mm. with the right people. Yeah, and that's where it's tough because um, a lot of these are, orga- well, almost all of these are volunteer organizations. And how far you can push and prod and beg, um, it, it, it takes an even hand. And sometimes, you know, I've been successful at that and sometimes I haven't been. I mean, you know, but uh, the question is, are we moving forward? And yeah. we need to persist. Yeah, a challenge with volunteering, period. You're an elder with St. Andrew Presbyterian Church and happen to be married to Reverend Ramona Louise Dale. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, how blessed. How I? blessed. Um, <laughs> what are your interests in that particular church arena? And also, how often can you and Ramona make time for Elijah, Noah, Daisy, and Grace, your four children? <laughs> well, first I'll say that both Mona and I, of our seven children, were empty nesters. So that that affords us some time. Okay. Uh, gotcha. Always parents, but uh, it, 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 that gives some breathing room uh, on the front of the home. Of the home. Yeah. Um, I'm a Presbyterian. I, You know, our country was founded mostly on the Presbyterian um, framework of polity and governance. And so I, I really like the faith. Mona was formerly a Baptist minister uh, when we married and she came to Muncie. Okay. And um, she um, she became a Presbyterian and, and subsequently the, the minister of St. Andrew Presbyterian Church. I, I've learned one very important thing uh, from my wife as a pastor, um, that love is an action that puts the needs of others uh, before yourself. You know, it's, love is not a warm, fuzzy feeling, but it's it's an action that puts the needs of others before ourselves. And I think that's really important. Um, And uh, that's her ministry. And um, 
she uh, and the church, I should say she and the church, uh, is a, it's just a, a wonderful place to be for me. Yeah, I think from the sound of what you just said and that particular phrase, as I go in to wrap up today's show, because I think it truly brings out Andrew Dale that many people have come to know in Muncie. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. My wife's taught me, and, and, and she learned from her faith, is, is that hope is the belief in a certain future reality. And I think we all need to have hope in Muncie. You know, hope is not just this thing that is ethereal, but it's something that, that we put our belief in, that we, that, that we can see a reality coming forward with. And uh, I have hope for Muncie. So. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Dale, everybody, has been our guest today. And through his leadership of various organizations and involvement, there will be hope for Muncie. And I hope, by the way, all of you tune in again next week to all kinds of people on WMU and the Talk of Muncie. It's Dr. Joe saying have a good week. <laughs>